Uh, spring practice goes on. LSU's been dealing with a whole lot of injuries, some depth issues as they're out there on the practice field throughout the spring. But there is one player in particular that's taking advantage of the quote-unquote next man up mentality that Brian Kelly and Matt House have been speaking about all spring long. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thanks for making Locked On LSU your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Plus, we are on YouTube as well. So check us out on YouTube. You can watch the podcast, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. My name is Caroline Fenton, and I'm your host, as I am every single day. You can find me on Twitter at CarolineFenton1. You can also follow along the podcast at Locked On LSU. Always appreciate you for being here and always appreciate you for making Locked On LSU your first listen Every single day. Well, she was back on the practice field this past weekend and earlier this week. They'll be back out there on Thursday. So we'll have a full practice breakdown on Thursday. Um, a little bit behind on some, some practice updates just because there was a really big thing that happened on Sunday. Um, so if anybody's out at the parade uh, on LSU's campus tonight, have fun. Enjoy it. Tweet me photos and videos. I have so much FOMO. I wish I could be there partying hard with that team. They deserve it. They have been so much freaking fun to watch all season long, all tournament long. So go have fun. Go enjoy it if you're out there at the Women's Basketball uh, Championship Parade on LSU's campus tonight. But updates on what we've missed since the national championship. So LSU is back out in the practice field out there on Tuesday, out there on Saturday as well. And this team is dealing with some depth issues right now just because there are so many guys that are out with an injury. It's okay. It's fine. It's spring. And weirdly enough, it's almost like it's a good thing because some of these guys, these certified starters like a Makai Wingo who's been out with an injury, like a Mason Smith, as we know, who's been dealing with an ACL tear. Those guys being out, it's almost a good thing right now because, yeah, they need the reps and, yeah, they need the practice. But it gives some of these young guys the opportunity to take first team reps and to really see where some of these young guys are at and how they can develop and how they can continue to get better throughout spring practice. So they're that much more prepared for, for training camp over the summer and then, you know, come when it really matters in the regular season. Um, but speaking of injury, there's a new guy that was added to the injury watch list on Saturday. Greg Brooks was out there on the practice field with a boot on his right leg. Now he was out there. He was on the practice field, but wasn't participating in drills. He was dressed and he was over on the side with the secondary, with the safety group, but wasn't participating in drills, had a boot on his right leg. On Tuesday, the boot was off. So that's a good sign. He had no walking boot on and he was running in full pads, but he was with all of the other injured players. So not a full participant in practice. He was over on the side with the, with the injured players that can run around and can be on their feet, but not full participants. So that's a good sign with Greg Brooks. It looks like it's not going to be anything super serious. The injury, the specifics of the injury weren't disclosed, um, but it looks like it's not going to be anything super serious or anything that holds Greg Brooks out for the remainder of spring or going to training camp, but something to, to watch um, as Greg Brooks was in a walking boot Saturday out of a walking boot 
Tuesday, but working with the injured players. So that left a lot of open holes in the secondary, specifically at the safety position. So the first team safeties, and this was on Tuesday. Major Burns was working with the first team safeties. Fair. Um, Sage Ryan was also working with the first team safeties. Matt, uh, Matt House, defensive coordinator, called Sage Ryan out by name and said that's a guy who's really been working hard and really kind of been getting up to speed and and improving throughout the spring. He's a redshirt sophomore, um, so he's going into his third year. And then Javian Toviano was the first team nickel on Tuesday. Now, on Saturday, he was practicing with the safeties. And he was with the nickel corners previously, but on Tuesday he was working um, as a first team nickel. So that is something that's interesting to, to watch and to follow is to see how they move Javian Toviano around throughout spring ball. Remember Javian Toviano, four star, five star defensive back. He's been working as a safety in practice. He had some safety and corner experience in high school, but one of the top defensive back recruits in this year's class, one of the top recruits in LSU's 2023 class. So it's really interesting to see how LSU is using him very versatilely, um, uh, either as a safety, as a nickel, and, and in a true corner position. And Matt House was asked about um, JV and Toviano and kind of his progression and how he sees him coming along. Remember, Tuesday was just practice number eight. So there's a whole lot of time. It's only April. There's a whole lot of time to grow and to build and to progress. But this was Matt House on JV and Toviano's pro progress so far. With JV and Toviano, what sort, of, what, what sort of characteristics does he have to allow him to play the nickel and, and really allow him to just be a flexible piece for you guys overall? Yeah, first of all, JT loves football and he's smart. Um, really, really smart player and really takes his craft serious. Um, from an athletic standpoint, he's got great length. Uh, he's got good speed, you know, and he can make plays on the ball. So Matt House is always a uh, man of very few words. That's fine. This is football. This is not a, uh, um, you know, chit-chat hour. Uh, but it is interesting to – it'll be interesting to follow how they choose to use JV and Tobiano. My first question about JV and Tobiano is, is he looking like he can be a day-one starter? Are they counting on Javian Toviano to be a day one starter, considering how um, how many question marks there are surrounding this entire defensive back room, not just the safeties, not just the corners, but the defensive backs as a whole? How will Javian Toviano be progressing throughout spring and training camp? Do they see him more as a true safety? Or are they going to slide Javian Toviano into a corner spot? Is he going to be used as a nickel throughout this his first season? And then they'll start to groom him into more of maybe an outside corner spot. Those are all questions that I have about Javion Toviano and how they view his potential one and how they view his year one, how they choose to develop Javion Toviano. Because I think it's, it's interesting because the secondary, I think, is a wild card. Matt House was asked specifically about the secondary as a whole, not just about JV and Toviano, but the secondary as a whole. This was Matt House. Just uh, the secondary, how good of a field do you have for what their potential can be? Obviously, a lot of early people are playing pivotal roles right now, I guess. And how much will that change once you get to the fall? Yeah, I think it's a process. You know, it's, it's, I, every day there's new growth and there's new expectations of of Coach Kelly's program and what our process is for those guys and how to apply it. 
Um, I, I'm excited about the potential of that group, but we got a long way to go. And that's fine if there's a long way to go. As I said, it's spring practice number eight. It's only April 5th. There's a whole lot of time to grow. There's a whole lot of time to develop. There's a whole lot of time to put in that work. But it is encouraging at least to see some of the versatility from the young guys, specifically JV and Toviano, to, to see what they choose to do with them and what the plan is going to be with the secondary moving forward. I also think another really interesting thing, uh, uh, the plan is going to be for another defensive member, and that's Harold Perkins. We know how Brian Kelly and Matt House approached Harold Perkins year one. What's the plan for year two? We will get into that coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, it is secure, and it is also super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. So you can include the spread, the money line, or you can even add player props. You can do player points, you can do rebounds, you can do assists. And the best part about FanDuel too is you can combine some of those bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So let's say that you want to bet on the spread and player X scoring 25 plus points. You can do that and you can combine those bets for a same game parlay and your payout will be nice. I promise you that. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, thanks again for making Lost on LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, but check us out on YouTube as well. Just hit that subscribe button and you won't miss a single second of your Locked on LSU content. So I think one of the more interesting storylines to follow throughout the, the offseason is Harold Perkins' development. And not just his own personal development, but also how the coaching staff has decided to develop him and his position and how they view his year two differently than they view his year one. Because we know Harold Perkins is just an absolute freak of nature. Harold Perkins has talent and ability that you don't find very frequently. They don't just come across every single day. But in year one, Brian Kelly and Matt House really wanted to taper those expectations, didn't want to overwhelm Harold Perkins. They used him as kind of a, a hybrid linebacker last year. He could, you know, he could float back in coverage. He could come back up and play at the line of scrimmage. At the line of scrimmage, he could be a quarterback spy. He could drop back and he could use his speed to get to the quarterback, or he could play up a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage and play almost as like a third linebacker on the line of scrimmage. So really what they did with Harold Perkins, it, it was wide open. But one thing that they didn't want to do last year, what Brian Kelly made very clear, specifically before the Tennessee game, was that they didn't want to play Harold Perkins as an inside linebacker. They didn't want to put that position on him so early. They didn't want to push him too much, too hard, too quickly. So they, they played into Harold Perkins' greatest strengths. Didn't want to overwhelm him as a freshman. But this year... 
that's changing. This year, he's taking that next step forward, at least is what it sounds like right now. Because Harold Perkins has been taking some snaps and some reps at inside linebackers so far in spring practice. What they didn't want to overwhelm him with last year, now Harold Perkins has that foundation. Now he can continue to build upon it. And Matt House even mentioned, you know, now Harold knows the expectations. Now Harold Perkins knows how to play football. So he can just continue to flourish from there. And Matt House was asked about Harold Perkins in his role. This was Matt, uh, defensive coordinator Matt House. Long term, what do you see him doing during the season itself? Well, I mean, we know Harold has some elite ability, but he came here to learn to play linebacker and not necessarily just a hybrid. And the spring's kind of a great time to do that. You learn the techniques and fundamentals associated with playing the stack position, playing, he's still playing out in space some. You know, and it's just going to enhance his game and really what he came here to be. So they want him to be a linebacker. They want him to develop from what he was last year, kind of a hybrid guy, kind of a, he can be like a chameleon kind of guy. Like he can be whatever you want him to be now into playing a true linebacker position. He's taking some snaps at inside linebacker, but I do think it's very important to point out what Brian Kelly said about Harold Perkins, how he described Harold Perkins' role moving forward. Yeah, we want to play in linebacker. Um, you know, we, we got him on the field last year in an accelerated role based upon the fact that there, there was just too much for him to digest. And we didn't want to get in the way of, you know, too much meant, you know, paralysis by analysis, right? So uh, I thought Matt did a great job of making things uh, a lot smoother for him so we could get him on the field and let him play fast. Now it's, it's time to, to take the whole, um, you know, position and, you know, teach it. So, you know, he's a linebacker. He's going to play linebacker. Uh, and um, he's fully uh, invested in that position. So uh, you'll see him playing linebacker for us. Notice how many times Brian Kelly said the word linebacker. He's going to play linebacker for us. We want him to play linebacker. He came here to play linebacker. He's going to play linebacker. Notice he didn't say what kind of linebacker he wants Harold Perkins to play. He's taking snaps at inside linebacker now. Last season, Brian Kelly made it very, very strategic by saying he's not going to play inside linebacker. Neither Matt House nor Brian Kelly specified exactly where they want Harold Perkins to play. And I also think that that is strategic as well. I don't think that they want to put Harold Perkins in a box on April 5th. And that's probably very wise because Harold Perkins, like we've seen, he is so incredibly versatile. He has all of these strengths that you can tap into. He has the speed. He has the size. He has the intelligence. Harold Perkins can do it all, but they want him to play linebacker taking snaps at inside linebacker right now. I don't think that's where they want to keep him or at least where they want to label him right now. Keep in mind, there's still a Jack linebacker position that's completely open. And Matt House was asked about that. He said, yeah, Uvia Gufo is, is in consideration. He said he really likes the way that Braden Swinson and some of these transfers have uh, have really taken the position and run with it. And they really like you know the foundation that those transfers came into LSU with. But I don't think that it's off the table that Harold Perkins could be in consideration to play that position. Now, if Harold Perkins does play Jack, 
I don't think that's where he's going to play exclusively. I think that would kind of be, you know, cutting him short a little bit. It wouldn't be giving him, it wouldn't be playing into all of his greatest strengths, just putting him at the jack position. And that's no disrespect to any player that plays the jack position. It's incredibly difficult, but it wouldn't be tapping into all of Harold Perkins' strengths. So I think that's something to look at is where does Harold Perkins practice? Where does Harold Perkins play? Um, throughout spring practice? Where are we going to start seeing him taking snaps as time goes on? Do we see him start to, to work with, with John Janzik and the Jacks a little bit more? Or are we going to see him really specialize in the inside position? Do we see Harold Perkins start the season as a hybrid and ease into an inside linebacker position? I don't know any of the answers to that question. But I think that Matt House and, and Brian Kelly have strategically kept it open. Have kept Harold Perkins' options wide open, at least under the umbrella of a linebacker. They've made that very clear. He is going to play linebacker. Ex exactly where? Where is he going to line up? What is going to be his assignment? I don't know the answer to that question. Is he going to get the green dot? I don't know the answer to that question. He's going to play linebacker, but the options are wide open. I, I personally... And, uh, and what do I know? I'm not Matt House. You know, I'm not John Jancic. I personally wouldn't like to see him at Jack as good as he would be at it. Um, I want to see what he can do on the inside. I really do. It's not an easy position to play. But I do want to see what he can do on the inside. Maybe on the outside. Let's see him take some snaps on the outside as well. If you're not nickeling out, let's see what Harold Perkins can do on the outside. Um, but that's going to be fun to see. And I think that John Jancic and Matt House and Brian Kelly – they have, uh, you know, basically a piece of Play-Doh in Harold Perkins, and they can form him and shift him really into whatever they want him to be. And that is, I think, one of the greatest strengths of Harold Perkins is just how good he is at so many different things. But it is a Mailbag Wednesday. Happy Mailbag Wednesday to all of those who celebrate. I'll get into your questions, your Mailbag Wednesday questions, coming up next. Well, thank you for making Locked and LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. It is a Mailbag Wednesday. Thank you to everyone who sent in their questions. Remember, I do a Mailbag Wednesday every single week. So if you do have a question for me, you can send them in on Twitter at CarolineFenton1 or at LockedOnLSU. You can tweet them at me. You can DM me. You can comment them down below. Well, let's get into your questions. First question I want to get out of the way. One person asks, how do you feel about the Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark situation? What Angel Reese and Clark, Caitlin Clark situation? Kidding. Um, I mean, obviously, there's been the biggest story in sports all week long, ever since Sunday. I, I addressed this on the podcast yesterday, but I will let me put a bow on it because Caitlin Clark put a bow on it uh, when she was on ESPN and she said nobody should be mad at Angel Reese for what she did. She's a competitor. And that's true. Caitlin Clark knows that better than anybody. And respect to Caitlin Clark for being a, you know, a total humble. Humble in defeat is what I will say. Um, I think Caitlin Clark is a star in this league, and she will continue to be a star in this league. She said nobody should be mad at Angel Reese for what she did. She's a competitor. She's confident. And great. Done. Put a bow on it. It's done. Nobody needs to continue to have these discussions of was what Angel Reese did okay or not. This is my take on it, though. I will. So if Caitlin Clark is going to finish it, I'll finish it too. I have no problem with what Angel Reese did because I have no problem with what any other athlete in America does when they win, when they win a championship, when they score, so on and so forth. If you have a problem with what Angel Reese did, that's fine. One, you're probably just not really that fun. Two, continue that same energy with every other athlete, with, with Steph Curry pointing at his ring finger 
when he won a title. Have a problem with Aaron Donald pointing at his ring finger when he won a championship. Have a problem with Michael Jordan and Larry Bird talking all that talk on the court when they played against each other. If you have a problem with smack talk in general, fine. That's fine. As long as you're consistent. Smack talk and sports are a tale as old as time. It's going to happen and it's not going anywhere. If you can walk the walk, you can talk the talk. Angel Reese walked that walk all season long. And when she won a title, that was the ultimate walking of the walk. So she could talk the talk. That's it. I have no problem with what Angel Reese did. I mean, talk your talk, girl. You earned it. You deserve it. Continue on. Keep on and carry on. I hope Caitlin Clark comes back with that same energy next year. Continue doing the you can't see me celebration because that's your thing. And if you walk the walk, you can talk the talk. Haley Van Lith from Louisville. Oh, she's been talking that talk all season long. Keep it up. It's good for the sport. Nobody can expect female competitors and women's sports to fit into this box. We're not that anymore. So quit trying to think that this is going to be, you know, a debutante ball on the court every single week. We're past that. These are competitors. These are our women and girls who have put all of their time and devotion and dedication into a craft. Talk that talk. I got no problem with it. Um, going on to the next question. Um, one, one person texts in, not texts in, tweets in and asks the question, who do you think is the most intriguing player on LSU's football team coming in next year? I get a lot of kind of questions like that where I can basically interpret them different ways. Intriguing, what do you mean by that? You can you could define intriguing as most upside. You could define intriguing as a player who might be slept on. Um, I think the way that I'll interpret it, though, is interesting. Um, maybe who has the most question marks? Maybe who is the biggest mystery? Honestly, I think it could be the player that I just mentioned, Harold Perkins. And he, it's not a mystery in the fact that, you know, we don't know how good he's going to be. I think year one, Harold Perkins proved to us and probably proved to all of college football that he's going to be here to stay, that he is that dude. But I think it's intriguing for all the reasons that I just mentioned, that I just talked about. He is so versatile. He can be plugged in and played at several different positions. There are so many different ways that you could develop your defense and that you could you know, shape your defense with Harold Perkins fitting in several different positions in several different areas in all of those different defensive schemes. So I think that he is very intriguing because we know that he has upside. We know that he's going to come out there and be a dog. But where is he going to be? That's that's kind of my question. But I'll also answer that on the other side of the most intriguing player offensively. It's tough because I'll use that same that same energy. Malik Neighbors, I'll say, is the most intriguing players player offensively. Can you do it again? Can you continue to be that number one target for Jaden Daniels? Can you continue to build upon what you did this past season? Malik Neighbors had the absolute best bow on a fabulous season than you could ever imagine on his, in his performance in the Citrus Bowl against Purdue at the end of the season. Can you continue to build on that? How much of a centerpiece can you continue to be for this offense? Same thing with Harold Perkins. We know Malik Neighbors is good. We've seen the ability. How much more can you do in this second year is, is what I want to know. 
But that's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Lock It All Shoe your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, but make your second listen today. Our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shaden, Andy Patton bring you everything that you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Both of those guys have been working so hard throughout the college basketball season. They've been putting out great content. So shout out to Isaac and Andy. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.